the recording the message, you have to do things a certain way so that you get it on the recording. Well, I was reading Nehemiah chapter 12 and verse 43, and let us look at it again. Also that day, they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced. For God had made them rejoice with great joy. The wives also and the children rejoiced, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. And preaching on the thought of the message, God does great things. I looked at the word of God here, and as I was reading it early this morning, two things stood out. First of all, they offered great sacrifices. And then in the same verse of scripture, the Bible says, great joy. And God began to stir in my heart that God really does great things. When you have God involved, he doesn't act in a little way. But when he said to the disciples, he didn't say, go ye into all Jerusalem. He said, go ye into all the world. God has a great vision. He's a great God. There was a man that came to a very upscale bank in Manhattan, New York. And he said, I would like to get a loan. They said, yes, sir. He was a very well-dressed man. He, they said, how much would you like the loan for? And he said, $100. They said, okay. Well, we don't know you. Do you have any collateral? And he said, well, yes, I do. I have a brand new Rolls Royce. And you can hold it for collateral if you please. And the banker said, that's a pretty good deal. We'll do it. So they signed all the paperwork. They delivered the the Rolls Royce to the bank's parking garage. And uh, then they didn't see the man. They thought that he might have just skipped town, right? About a year later, the man comes back in, pays the $100 for the loan, pays the 10%, right? The extra $10 for the loan. And uh, goes to get his car and the banker stops him. He said, sir, why did a man like you take out a $100 loan? Don't you have any money? He said, yeah, I'm a businessman. He said, but I also have some great ideas. He said, where can you park in Manhattan for a year? For $110. (laughs) The Bible says that God also does Great things. You see the Bible in the book of Nehemiah, we see that it is full of great obstacles. You see the the lives that we live, they're also full of great things. There's great good things and great bad things. Have you ever just had your day just so full of things? You kind of lift up your hands and say, great, because things are just overwhelming and overpowering. The book of Nehemiah starts out that way. He was the king's cupbearer. And the Bible said that he was in Persia. He was in a neighboring land and he was serving King Artaxerxes. And the Bible said that he was no more, he was not sad in the king's presence. Being sad could get you your head taken off. But he had learned that Jerusalem's walls were broken down and that the city was exposed to the enemies. So he prayed and he prayed for the king's permission to go 
and to build the walls of Jerusalem. And the king said, go. And brethren, the king said, go. That king said, go. And Nehemiah was off to a great work. You see, Nehemiah, when he went to that city, he had really nothing but trust in a God that did great things. You know, a lot of times that when things start out, uh, first of all, it seems like there's great obstacles, there's great enemies, there's great problems, and you just want to say, great. But let's not do that. Let's focus in that God does great things. You see, if we have great problems uh, and we have great obstacles, it should also be no surprise to us that God is associated with doing great things. If we need to overcome a great battle, God does great things. In the very first chapter of Genesis, we see the God that made all things. It said he made two great lights. There was a solar eclipse today. That means the the earth and then the moon was in the middle and blocked out the sun. I think that's right. Is that a solar eclipse when the the sun moves, the the moon moves in front of the sun? Well, the great lights, one was the sun and then the reflection of the other. The the moon carried the light reflected from the sun. The sun ruled by day and the stars, or excuse me, the moon ruled by light. See, God did a great thing and, and he was that kind of God. But Isaiah talks about another type of light. And it's fulfilled in Matthew. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. You see, it was more than just the light of the S-U-N. But many years later, it was the light of the S-O-N, the very Son of God. And it says that uh, they saw great light. And when Paul the Apostle met the Lord on the Damascus road, it said, There shone about me from heaven a great light. You see, God does great things. If you look the word great up in the Bible, you find it over 900 times. That is a book about God is going to have that word great in it over 900 times should also be of no surprise to us. God does great things. See, but God is not depicted as one that shows off. You know, you see some people, they're a great uh, actor or they're a great performer, a great athlete, and they know it. You ever seen someone when you were in school or at work and they knew they were good and they told everybody about that? God is not like that, but God is humble. God uses his greatness, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. See, God is a great lover of men's souls. God not only is a great lover, but God is a great provider. In so much that Abraham, what did he say? Jehovah Jireh. And then what does that mean? My provider. The Bible says that when he spoke to Peter, he said, launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a draft. I'm going to get you some fish. And then Simon, after a little of uh, arguing with the Lord, he said, nevertheless, that thy word will let down one net. And the Bible said when they had done this, they enclosed a great 
multitude of fishes. Why? Because the great God that does great things wasn't going to send one or two. Brethren, when God asks us to do something, God's getting ready to do a great work. When God will come to the house of God, God's getting ready to do a great work. God doesn't save by many or by few, but God is a great God. And the character of God is going to be poured out from himself. The Bible says that after the Sermon on the Mount, great multitudes followed him. Why? Because God does great things. You see, we need a Savior, a great Savior. We have great enemies, great opposition. Maybe you're going through a great valley, a great sickness, a great challenge. God does great things. But not only does he do just great things, like then you can say, great But God does good, great things. Good, not just things that are magnanimous, but things that are good. And the angel said unto them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. And then they said the reason why. The reason why for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You see, the very central theme of the Word of God is Jesus Christ and His coming. His coming, His sacrifice, and His blood. It's the great theme of the Bible. But all of these things were not for Christ's benefit. We have to understand that the God that did great things could have stayed up in heaven never made man, never redeemed man, never come down and answered men's prayers. But God's greatness is not just for himself. You see, God is a great delivering God. The Bible said, how shall we escape? I like this. If we neglect so Great salvation. Now, I'm not here to neglect God's salvation, but let me tell you, His salvation is a great salvation. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I didn't even know what happened. I didn't even know what happened. I didn't know what it was to become a Christian. I just prayed and invited Christ into my life. And you know what happened? Behind the scenes, angels were rejoicing in heaven. All of the chains of sin were falling off. Do you know that God does a great work? Now, you might think they're on, but they're not. You see, when you get saved, God delivers you. God wipes out and blots out all of your sins and sets you free. You see, a lot of times when, when uh, we, we become our own, our own kind of greatest enemy, maybe those thoughts of the past come back. You say, well, preacher, but back then it was this way. You know, back then is not today. I remember hearing an illustration of how they uh, lead an elephant around with just like a little rope. You know that they do that at uh, big fairs and big uh, 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 displays with the animal circus is what I'm looking for. And they'll lead this great elephant around with a rope and the elephant will follow. Now the elephant is strong enough to whip that person leading them just off into the stands, but they don't. So how do they do that? Well, the time that the elephant is a little, I think they call it a calf, right? A little elephant, a baby elephant. The time that they're little, they they have them and they, they put this chain around their neck. And they chain them up somewhere. And the elephant tries to break away. 
And they say elephants never forget, right? Well, they can't. And so they leave that chain around their neck and after a while they just replace it with a rope. Why? Because the elephant, even though it is grown and is strong and it's this great animal, it has this little thing around its neck and it says, you know what? I surely can't get out. But let me tell you, the devil lies and tells you that, but I've got good news. God doesn't just do great things. He does good, great things. That God has set you free from sin. That thing doesn't keep you down. The good, great God has lifted you out of it. And the Bible said it is a great salvation. So preacher, but there's great winds. I like that when there was a great storm, Jesus rebuked the winds. And then it says... There was a great calm. There is a difference when Jesus comes into the picture. You remember that chorus? It was a great day. You ever sing that? It was a great day when I was born again. And then we go into the things, the things I used to do. I don't do them anymore. Why? Because there's a difference. And the choruses make up the difference. The things, God bless. I hope this, well, this one sister years ago, and she was a Christian. We were singing the things I used to smoke. I don't smoke them anymore. And uh, her daughter was in this service as well. Now, the mom was a Christian, okay? But the mom was still dealing with smoking cigarettes. So later the daughter said, Mommy, did you sing that? Because, you know, and the mom's like, no, I didn't sing that chorus. But there was a time after Reverend Patterson preached, I don't know how much later it was, we made an altar call and she came down and placed two, I think, was it two packs of cigarettes right there on the altar and got up. What was she doing? She was taking God at his word and she just got up and there were two packs of cigarettes. So Reverend Patterson took one and I took one. No, we didn't. We threw him out, okay? But she knew that it, when she heard the word of God, that he was a great God. And then after that, she could sing the things I used to smoke. I don't smoke them anymore. It was a great day. Let me tell you what a great God delivered us. And God is still a delivering God. Say, uh, what would you name a kid? Like if you had a son and he was destined to work at a gas station, what would you call him? There's only one name you could call him, right? Philip, right? But you know, when you come to the house of God, I really believe like in the middle of the week, we need that fill up. We need to get filled up with God. Sunday morning is a blessing. A Sunday evening is a blessing. Bible study's okay. But we need to come to the house of God and get our hearts filled up with good things. Because you see, so many times the devil, he wants to, to, to put the greatness of the battle. And we need to continually put the greatness of God back at the forefront of our mind. The great God caused us to have great joy. You see, because God's good, great things produce great joy. You know that one thing we need to keep doing is keep putting the right thoughts in our mind. My wife's doing a children's church lesson tonight. And it's about the thoughts we put in our mind. And you know that some of those thoughts that we put in our mind, some of them we control. Some of them just go, they get put in there, right? The devil throws a dart or it's, you know, just some kind of crazy day and that thought jumps in there, lands in you. Say, preacher, and she's doing this uh, lesson with the kids. And they have this tube 
And so they label these things, good thoughts, pieces of paper, right? And bad thoughts. And they're different colored pieces of paper. You, so they, you, they look different when you shove them in there. And so your mind is like the tube and you put some good thoughts in there and you put some bad thoughts in there, but there's a lesson in there and it really fits. How do you get the bad thoughts out of there? I mean, they come, right? They, they come and we've all faced them, those things and those, those uh, like the, the enemies around Nehemiah and uh, say, so how, how do you keep the bad thoughts out? Well, you can't stop them from getting in. Brethren, let me tell you, good news or bad news, they just come in. But she has this lesson, now the tube is opened at both ends. And how do you get the bad thoughts out? Well, she puts some good thoughts and she puts some bad thoughts. You crumple them up and you jam them in there in that tube. And you can see there's both kinds of thoughts in there. Well, the only way to get the bad thoughts out, you just keep putting good thoughts in there. And you keep putting good thoughts in there. And finally, it pushes the bad thoughts off the other side. And it's the same thing with serving God. We can't control the enemy. But you know that even though Nehemiah, the enemy never went away. But they built the wall. They introduced all the priests. What does that mean in chapter 12 of Nehemiah? That means that the priests were there to offer a sacrifice to a God who could, to a God who delivered, to a God in spite of all the trials and all the enemies, that God was still keeping them safe. And we serve that same type of God. The enemies might not go away, the problems might not go away, but we can serve and give great sacrifices of praise to a God that caused us to have great joy. I'm going to leave you with this. A sister comes to the piano. There was a man that was uh, uh, called uh, Legion. Because that's how many demons that he had inside of him. And he came to Jesus and Jesus rebuked the legion out of the man. The man who would cut himself, the man who wore no clothes, and the man who cried and wept. The Bible said that they saw him that was possessed with the devil. See, God had done a great thing. Sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. And the man wanted to come with Jesus. And Jesus didn't say, he said, no, you can't. He said, he said, go home to your friends. They weren't even part of the Bible challenge, right? Or the, the summer challenge. He said, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. You know, that's what God does. He does great things. We don't need God unless it's something. We can take care of a parking meter bill. We can take care of a phone bill. But when it comes to great things, we need a great God. Tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And notice, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. God does great things.